Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast, episode 119 with Joe and Holly from NHS Humber um foundation trust and a really really cool guest and we did this about three weeks ago obviously welcome to my re- i am the resident geek mr stephen hesse from newcastle england and welcome to the geek Artists podcast this is your first time listening huge thank you for tuning in even though you don't really tune in anymore do you, you just download and listen to your heart's content but you know what i meant i meant it in good old-fashioned sense where we had tuners and radio and no internet whatsoever so yes, uh, really, really fun episode. As I said, we released this about three weeks ago. Into, I'm sorry, I don't mean released. I meant um, recorded it three weeks ago. That's what I was meant to say. Um, with the Joe and Holly, who were very kind enough to come all the way from Humber, as in Yorkshire-ish way, so down south. <laughs> and uh, we, we did this at Broadacre House, which is a place that I currently work at right now. And and yes, and the reason I kept hold of this is because they did a we did also a like a ten minute version for Mentally Sound Radio Show, which I also do as well as this podcast, and um, which you can also find on iTunes. And I tried to keep it as long as possible because we haven't actually released the version that version with their interview on because Mentally Sound is going through a kind of transition with the community radio station that we're part of moving new studios. So we're having issues. The last couple of shows haven't been put up yet, which is very frustrating. So I've kind of held on to this episode as long as physically possible. Um, so that's the reason for said delay. So, but um, Joe and Holly are really cool. Like I say, they're from Humber uh, Foundation Trust. So we obviously talk about the NHS in the wider sense and about their particular jobs. And I know in particular, uh, Holly and I have a mutual love of Darren Brown. We talk about all sorts of other random stuff that we both like. We obviously talk about being service users as well as helping people within the mental health community. And we obviously debate that. A uh, very healthy debate, I found. And uh, we also had some issues with the microphone before we were recording this. So a huge thank you to them for being willing to persevere because my microphone's been having issues um, for the last couple of weeks. So the fact that they waited around, we almost cancelled and rearranged this. So I was really pleased. Hence why it is slightly um, smaller time than other podcasts you might have listened to. But anyway, it's super, super cool. I really, really thank them for being on. Uh, As I said, very seriously, I've been trying to get some more women on the podcast that's been sort of women heavy which is kind of cool um, and in terms of upcoming episodes uh, we're going to speaking of mentally sound we're going to be doing a best of and releasing it on Geek Apocalypse podcast so like a best of to give you an idea about the other show about mental health that I do which has been nominated which is kind of cool um, so there's that as well as one with Laura Applin from Writing for Wellbeing which is the next one um, but thank you for listening please subscribe at Geek Apocalypse on Twitter but this is episode 119 with Joe and Holly from NHS. Enjoy! Hello, Molly. 
So this is the much more unofficial version, so you can swear, you can say what you want, um, and I'll cut this bit out, so I'll just explain it. So yeah, this is more like a just sort of conversation, I guess a more longer form of what we just talked about. Um, so hi guys, thanks for coming on. Hello. Uh, and obviously we just did... Uh, and I encourage people, because this will be actually probably released around the time for this interview we've just done. So obviously encourage people to listen to Mentally Sound uh, as well as this. It's a nice crossover. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm with Joe and Alex, who are talking from NHS. Holly. Holly. Sorry, yeah, Holly, Alex. Yeah. It's because I kept saying... You know why I kept saying it? It's because... Uh, see, this is great about the podcast, because I can talk... Cause this is more appropriate for me to provide context. Is, is that I, I did... I looked at your... I kept looking at your email, and it's just like I kept seeing Alex, Holly, and then you answered... And then I... In my head, I kept thinking, oh, she's just called Alex. And then... It, you answered Holly at the end of the email, yeah. and I'm going, I'm now totally confused. And I know that sometimes the emails swap. They swap yeah. so that you sometimes get like someone's surname as their first name. And also, I don't know, I don't mean to be horrible or anything, like, or say something offensive, but it's just like, they're, they're two first names. I know. <laughs> to it's me, they're two first names. Yeah, yeah. So, so we can talk about this on my podcast now, because this is a much more easygoing conversation. We're otherwise known as... It's jolly, aren't we? We are, Joe and Holly. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Which is jolly, and we always say it's better than ho. So, yeah, so my, <laughs> this is why, like, as you, as you, as you heard, the other one was a much more professional way of doing things. Now, my, my brain's going, so would you take jolly and make a band or something? You should make a double act and call sure. it jolly. We do. Yeah. We are and your tagline should have a, we have a jolly old time. <laughs> we do, and we have fun, don't we? Oh, we God, do. that's awful. First lame joke of the podcast. Uh, um, we like yeah. But in all ser- but in all seriousness, like one of the reasons I um you know may interest you guys, it might not, but one of the reasons I wanted to do podcasting is because I did radio before this. Um and one of the things that frustrated me is that they don't let you talk to certain people. They're like, Oh, you don't that's boring. Like, you know, yeah. I, I asked like to get a scientist on and they're like, That'll be dull talking about particle physics and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like, But I find it interesting, so why can't I talk about it? I'm like, because I wanted to see like my, I was interested in a sense of because that's like one of my hobbies. I love reading about particle physics and stuff and I get it to some degree. Okay. So I wanted to kind of just do this thing of sitting down and seeing how far I can understand it and, and ask questions and stuff. And I actually did sit did down you on do it? No, I did sit down on Mentally Sound eventually that we did have a, a researcher on and um, I joked because I asked a very, he said like a very intelligent question. I went, I'm retiring from interviewing or like podcasting <laughs> that, that I've done the one best question. Uh, just, that's it. That's it. My, I'm never going to get better. My career is never going to get better. Um, because I just said... I basically made the point of are you looking for the are you looking for the cause or the effect? Um. And he said that's a very good question. <laughs> and so I walked out and said, That's it. We're finishing the show. Um, but no but the reason I'm bringing this up is because you guys are obviously, you know, I, I, I never said this on the but are you technically a nurse? Are you a nurse as I'm well? I'm not a nurse, no, I'm okay. um, no. What would you how would you describe what you, you are then if you had a person? Yeah, as a person, yeah. Yeah. So as you may um, you may hear she's a female. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm a man just in case. <laughs> I, I do occasionally get things what type of voice is that um, yeah so I'm not sort of classed as a professional I suppose in terms of um, no, I mean, within, within the NHS you, I get if you're a social worker or an occupational therapist or a nurse 
your class as a professional. Oh, I hate that. Um, I hate that. I'm, 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 I'm a professional. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so we just ignore this person. We'll ignore this person, Holly, and that's it. Um, but, uh, no, but do you not agree, though? I know, like, yeah, I get professional is, is all well and, it's all well and good, but I, I heard a conversation on a podcast recently which I agreed with that, you know, if you go out and take photos as a hobby or something to me you're a photographer like this idea of being this idea of it being professional or not i mean i get i mean i get it from like you know and i assume you know correct me if i'm wrong but like you're not going to sit there and do joe's job of saying like you take this medication when you're not you're not qualified obviously there's a difference in that but again it's like when i hear you know i i technically don't have a media i didn't do media studies so people like go you didn't do media studies so you know nothing about media and i'm like you're not qualified go away go so so all my experience of 10 years of working for the bbc as a freelancer it's like no no i'm like you telling me i can't very skilled yeah i i can imagine like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah i I just i've never had any interest in becoming a nurse or a social worker or an occupational therapist but it doesn't mean you can't do what you want to do though absolutely so that so what so, I mean, so what um, intrigues so, me is that what led you then to do to, to um, do what you do now? Well, I've had some members of my family that have struggled with mental health. It's always been something that I've been passionate about. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm interested in people rather than um, anything else, I think. Well, I do my podcast, um, so I totally understand. Yeah, so I, I also do mental health first aid training, which is an internationally uh, recognised mental health course, which is a two-day course. Mm-hmm. Um that's supposed to kind of think about this kind of parity of esteem between physical health and, and mental health. Lots and lots of people have first aid, physical first aid training, yeah, don't yeah. they? Every workplace will have a physical yeah, first aider. But mental health is just as important and, and people don't talk about it enough. Um, of course. Yeah. Or, and it's not kind of on the same level. Like every workplace, I think, should have a mental health does first it, aider. Does it disappoint, I'll obviously include you in this, is that, does it disappoint you on that? point that some people get criticized for being open about it because I, I i certainly do i i've i've um i blog about um my mental health and stuff on a mental health site and um, obviously talk about this uh, talk about mental health on this and mentally mm-hmm. sound obviously um and i occasionally get criticism of because i kind of make the the point and i want to know what you guys think is that um i want to be open about it because people think it, it it's making it about me by doing that and I think that's missing the point because I keep saying to people, I don't want to talk about mental health all the time, which is why I do a podcast. It's yeah. very like, you know, we've prob- we, I'm hoping at some point we'll talk about other fun stuff. Like it doesn't have to be just about mental health. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I get bored sometimes talking about it because it's not the big one. I don't want it. If it was every part of my life, then I would be not, you know, not a good, not a, um, what's the word? Like a, uh, functioning human yeah. being like we all or, have different yeah. identities don't we yeah you might have an identity in in a part of your life as um as a, a service user yeah or as someone who who has bipolar for example but you also identify as whatever as a brother or as someone yeah. who enjoys cricket or yeah, yeah. music or whatever it might be sense, we all, yeah, we all have am, yeah. all these different identities um, yeah i just important. talk about it because when when it's appropriate there's a term decentered sharing yeah and and it's talking about it when it's appropriate to talk about exactly, it yeah. and and not sharing it for when because you're trying to get something but because it makes a difference when you're actually saying it yeah I've, i i i uh, that's a good point because 
I think what annoys me, I guess annoys me when people say that is, I write the blog when I feel I have something to say. Yeah. Um, I don't do it for any other agenda purposes, yeah. and um, it's and I do it when I feel there's a point to be made because yeah. I usually say things that don't make sense, and I'm like, that's that that doesn't make sense to me, and I'm gonna sort of talk about why. Yeah. And I guess the people are missing the point of. And that's kind of what I was leading to is you think like you know people should just do you think because I always make the point of and again I get criticised for this and you will know more than me so, so I'll ask you is I compare mental health I once compared mental health to cancer and saying I, my point was because I, I my family has the cancer gene and that like my my female members of my family mm. are much more likely to get cancer because um, my aunt when well, my auntie died before I was born uh, um which my obviously my sis my mom and her sisters like um it hurts them bringing it up and all that kind of yeah. thing and my mom's had cancer my her other sister had cancer like so obviously my cousins and my sister are worried because yeah. it's much, they're much more likely because of that but whenever cancer came up in my family because obviously as i said it's quite poignant unfortunately in my family is that we kind of know how to deal with it like mm. or at least we know what it is like i remember being a, a small child and my uncle got cancer and like my family didn't shy away from it they were like this is what it is and yeah. we need to help him and he's not well and all this kind of thing and i understood it even as like an eight-year-old i was like yeah i get it he's not well and yeah. it's this sucks but the reason i brought it up is because i was saying mental health in the very sense is like an alien parasite or in the sense of it's a chemical imbalance in the it's something that you don't see yeah. you don't see cancer you just see the effect of it yeah. yeah you see the effect of mental health and yet we don't we don't think it's a thing yeah um and that's you see my point so yeah. it's kind of like and also it can be just as debilitating Absolutely. i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying it you know for the most part cancer is probably more life-threatening in general but i'm just saying it still has the debilitating factor mm -hmm. of it can ruin your life yeah um, do you see my point? Absolutely. Do you think it's a fair? Yeah. Do you I think, think it's a fair think comparison? It's, it's a very fair comparison, um, and I think you know suicide actually is the biggest killer of yes. men under forty-five. And so unfortunately, as we brought up in uh, in young guys as well, I guess being yeah. a, being a cat being a, a male is that yeah, yeah. apparently young so, me, young men suicide is going up, yeah. which I'm so very it kills about. more than cancer actually. Yeah, yeah in a sense, in, in those a sense, kind of yeah. Terms. But I think. The way I kind of always think about it is that people are scared of what they don't understand. Yes. Um, and I think with mental health, there are so many grey areas. It's not black and white. There's nothing yeah. black and white about it. And so I think people shy away from it because they don't understand. So it's like that kind of will run away rather than face it and, mm -hmm. and think about what's going on. Was that like, because I always say, because, you know, I'm willing to say and I want to ask you guys, because I know you touched on it with your family. Because like, when I was growing up, because what baffled me when I first have had my breakdown, my first one, I was like 16. Mm. And one of the things that baffled me was that's the, it was the first time I'd ever heard the word depression. Okay. Which shocked me. It shocks me now because obviously I know a lot about it. But because um, my basic story, I don't make this all my story, but just I'm providing the context for yeah. these guys because they don't know. But, but basically... I walked, went into a history lesson and I was like crying my eyes out and I had no idea why. And obviously, I, you know, I was going for a lot more and, and being very unsociable and awkward and I was avoiding going anywhere and all this kind of thing. And I was just very angry all the time. And it was the beginnings of what I found out was bipolar disorder. And yeah, I just cried uncontrollably and I just asked to be excused from the classroom. And the biggest decision I ever made in my life was, which is why I always say teachers get a bad rap because that because of the whole 
were people worried about you know pedophiles i guess and and the way and that there's restrictions now my problem with that is i understand as much as i understand that my problem is it, it leads teachers to be very passive in 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 helping someone so because mm. and my example is a great example of why when it works because i trusted my form tutor enough because i had a year like years of knowing this person that i went to her and told her what i was going through and she went are you aware that's not normal and I, my resp- my response is what made I realize that I needed to get seek more help because yeah. my response was, I've always been like this, and she's like, that's not normal because I I, I couldn't it's it sucks to say this but um I couldn't remember like a week or a day or days at a time where I wasn't like that where yeah. I cried and hated life and yeah. all this kind of thing and I just never told anyone because I assumed it was normal yeah. um so yeah so and and I guess. To, so there's that aspect of it but also do you think it's gotten better since then i mean i guess because you said was it growing up did you say about your family you know and you said like what was it grew up was it like growing up and you just seeing it yeah happen? i mean my dad suffered from depression yeah. since um well since before i was born yeah my um, dad did yeah. <laughs> my mom was like really yeah, <laughs> and it was just there'd be a few days where you'd be like what's wrong with dad and then <laughs> yeah, my yeah. mum would be like oh he's fine you know just leave, just leaving yeah, yeah like a week later then suddenly it was kind of back to normal but yeah, and you you think well what have i done about him ever since yeah and like she'd always you say it's, you, it's yeah. nothing to do with any of you yeah it's yeah. all fine that's just, what that's just, how a lot of people take that yeah, yeah. you see someone crying like what did i do yeah, yeah. absolutely um <laughs> and so yeah i mean i guess it's like what you said about your teacher. It's really good that you had a relationship with her that you felt like you could trust her and could open up to her. I say it literally. If that hadn't happened, I don't know what yeah. I would have done. And I, I think I don't think I would have been honest with anyone. It is hard to talk about something like that with anybody, and some some people don't have that person that they have yeah. got a relationship with that they feel like they can be honest and say what's happening. Especially when you're that young. Yeah. When I always say to people, when you're that young and there's something like that, which is obviously quite serious, or you're not aware it is, but. It's like you want it's okay just yeah. just to be sort of jovial and silly about it. It's like street cred or something. Like <laughs> you don't want to go to your friend and go, "Yeah, I'm, I, I I get I cry all the time. Look at me." Yeah. <laughs> no. And uh, they're like, "Yeah, okay, I want to try and flirt with this girl. Can you leave me alone?" Like you know, and, you know that's kind of what more people care about than mental health. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, I wanted but, to speak, and and also which is sad, but I guess it's a generational thing. And I've talked about this before. Mm. I eventually did try to tell my mom, and my mom really didn't deal with it well yeah. um, and I guess it's a generational thing of that I told her and she like almost like was ashamed of me like you know mm-hmm. and it was, and that was like the end of me ever being honest about it yeah and, so then uh, you think okay yeah. I need to keep this to myself yeah yeah which reinforced kind of, yeah. the issue and, I mean what was it what was it like for you I mean how did you I was the first person in our family to be to have such serious mental health problems yeah. I've got schizophrenia and oh, um, right. and my family just don't, didn't know anything about it at all. And the first thing that my parents and and sisters knew about it was when I came home and told them that I had to go into hospital when mm-hmm. I was 17. So Was it the same as what, was it similar to my, did you just have an episode or something? Or, I don't know if that's I'd, the right I'd, terminology. I'd, but... I'd always heard voices and believed things were there mm-hmm. that weren't there that since I can remember. I often say, and I, I make sure I say to people, it should never be competitive no. in terms of mental health or all this kind of thing. No. But what I will say, and, and you know, I hope you take this the right way because it's, it, I, I, I'm kind of being a hypocrite and just saying that. It, but having talked to people, because 
one of the things I love about reading about mental health, I guess from my point of view, is to be more right about it in the sense of mm. there's so many misconceptions and schizophrenia, mm. which we've talked about on the show, uh, on Mentally Sound, is that... Um, and I've heard stories of what it sounds like, and it scares me. And like, mm-hmm. my bipolar disorder is no joke, but um, you know, I yeah, what such schizophrenia? I mean, I know it's not the same for everybody. Obviously, yeah. we must say that. But uh, yeah, I've heard like people describe it, and I'm like, that sounds terrifying. So yeah, and and it can be, yeah. yeah. Um, so how did you? I mean, obviously, you know, this part I should reiterate this podcast. You can say you can say as little or as much as you want. So if you ever yeah. feel like I'm saying something you don't like, you, you just say it. Just feel free to say it. But like, how did you? What I was going to ask you was, how did your family take it when you told them? They were devastated. Uh, in a bad way. No. Oh, just, the, oh, just devastated just, for you. Sorry, yeah, okay, I missed yeah. that. They were just, they were just so upset, and the they didn't believe that hospital was the right place for me. Yeah. That's a, that's a common seems to be a common better. reaction. Yeah. Oh, that's nice of them. So they thought yeah. we'll just gather around and help you. But I still went to hospital. Yes. <laughs> probably the right. Thing, probably the right. Thing. Yeah. Well, I, I always said though, and again, we talked about this in the interview we did that. Um, I often find though when people think hospital is the answer that they kind of just leave them be, which I don't think is healthy. Mm. And in a general sense, like yeah. you know, it's like. You should treat it like a regular hospital, like a, like a regular hospital visit. Like, but it's I find it fascinating because with mental health, it always seems to be if you say I'm going to hospital for a mental health reason, it's like suddenly they go, oh he's mad, <laughs> or oh, she's mad. Uh, People don't so, know how to deal with it, do yeah. they? Like, and there isn't like a card, like yeah, you get. I agree with that thing. Suddenly you get by your letterbox. It's like here's how you do with mental health. Which is and why nobody's wrote a book like that. Still, people just don't have a clue. A, a fruit bowl. <laughs> and I think yeah. people are scared of saying the wrong thing, so they'd yeah. rather just not say anything. And I had the opposite thing. Away. Everybody wanted to come and talk to me about it, so That's I went nice. into hospital in and I had all my friends coming to see me in hospital. You know, I mm. had like twelve visitors a night. Which is probably overwhelming. Yeah, well, it was overwhelming, but it was comforting as well because every day was so long. Because I was 17 year old and on an adult ward. Mm -hmm. So to see familiar people who I went to school with every day. That's nice. And and still to see them every day was really nice. Because you. But nowadays, even if the hospital was still open, there's no way that you'd get 12 people coming to see you every night (laughs) because it wouldn't be allowed. Yeah. You know, and so I. I feel really strongly yeah, that visiting, probably... visiting should be open and it should be people should be encouraged to come, not yeah. not discouraged. Yeah, that's one that's one of the that's one of the real changes. I guess I should because because we're on a I guess a, I don't again. I always sounds like I'm bragging, but like, I want a global global show now. But um, <laughs> just to reiterate, because obviously we're talking about being in England, so just to reiterate, yeah. the people who are not from UK is that um. That's something I feel has changed for the ba- like for the worse because mm. you you reminded me of an example of I remember when my mom was getting a, an operation for like she was getting chemotherapy for her cancer and she was doing it at the RVI in Newcastle not far from where we're doing this doing this conversation and um, they got really arsy about like our best friend of like fifty years or so because my mom's seventy so she's like sixty nine or something like that. It was a couple of years ago. So 68-ish. And so my, she'd known us, known this particular person since, like, 18. They've had a 50-year friendship. And, like, she's like, you know, I knew her. She used to come out, come around all the time, you know. So I knew her. You know, she's like a friend of the family. 
and they were being really arsy about letting her in and I just like you know this is what annoys me is that they, they've made it so restrictive now that you know because I was leaving and I felt guilty you know I was like I really wanted to stay but they they like they only let you stay for a limited amount of time so it was like she was really apprehensive about the operation and everything so um and I got a phone call that she's like oh I'll I'm, I'll come after you and you know wait until she because we didn't know when the operation was happening is the point yeah and so I was leaving and I just said oh by the way if, and I just said it being thinking being like what's the word like practical yeah. I just left going oh, I'll just let you know that there's a friend a friend of my mom's coming like so I'm leaving but a friend of mine's coming soon so just letting you know that you expect someone else and just went oh no I can't let that happen and they're like oh no I was like we, you know it's family only and I was like so and I'm just like what, whatever happened to that friends not being yeah. important like that sucks like imagine That's like you know yeah no like because you know every operation is a risk you yeah. know regardless of, like it might be a small percentage but still you know so you know if I ever had like a major operation they're just like oh you can't see anyone but your family I'm like well that sucks I don't want it to be cruel but I was going to make a Stephen Fry joke of like the one of the, he's like one of the reasons I don't want to believe in heaven is the fact I'll see all my family again that's my idea of hell like, uh, right, I was just joking that's just a joke Stephen Fry a lot of the services that we work with now though they like it's a bit long winded but they talk about families friends and carers yeah. so it kind of encompasses Oh. everybody and anybody see everyone like the doc like because i would sit like for the reasons like i mean i did i did this podcast before i went to the hospital but i would sit down with my doctors at the psychiatric hospital and talk debate this, these exact okay. things i'm going it's not enough because uh, like yeah it's all like the triangle of help is what i call yeah. it like the thing of the you need to have like sort of um professional help and like and personal help mm. and kind of like a bit of everything like yeah. and, and and like the stuff that you said like um individual help uh, yeah. or whatever the right word is like a personal help in relation to you like you you know maybe change your, your lifestyle or something yeah. or come up with things that help absolutely um and i think people don't get that yeah. they think it's just professional and this idea we touched on earlier this like idea of a cure yeah which i hate like you know i always just say to people it's like that's why i love when i hear alcoholics talk because they always go i'm a i'm a recovering, recovering alcoholic, alcoholic yeah. as in they're never gonna they just can't drink yeah and this idea of like i've heard people go well you can surely just have one and it's not the point <laughs> that's not how it works yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a person who has like a smoking habit going just take one because like, yeah. you know, I, I quit smoking several times it's like yeah. and I, I can't do that because i'll be like suddenly i'll be like can i just have the whole pack this yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway but um because that's something that um you know i, I again i sort of try and be sort of jovial on this podcast but um, I guess something that I was mentioning before was that uh, I was thinking about this uh, the other day is that obviously that tragedy at um, in America, the shooting. Oh, yeah. And the thing that well, we brought, we actually brought this up on an old Mentally Sound show in relation to, do you remember the whole thing about um, the plane crash when the guy oh, the suicide, plane. supposedly suicide yeah. died like the plane or something yeah. like that? And I we, we talked about... And we were like saying, like, I know this is a controversial topic, but we feel this is appropriate to talk about on a mental health show. Is that yeah. um, I get very concerned with mainstream media who instantly go to, oh, I had a mental health problem. Yeah. Like that's the, the reason the, the they do bad thing. things. Yeah, like, absolutely. which. Uh, so I guess, what do you? What's your take on that? Do you think that's just because they want to? I, I often refer to it as putting things in a box, like making it yeah, just easier I guess, to understand. I guess when like, something happens like a, a terrible thing like that happens then people try to understand maybe why 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I would say that the media always seem to hook on to if there is some kind of a mental health issue and it's never helpful yeah. <laughs> um, because then it also kind of perpetuates the, the general perception in our society that people with mental health, health issue are dangerous or, mm-hmm. or scary or something like that often that it comes from um, media kind of misrepresentation doesn't mm. it and things like you know the film like Psycho and things yeah, like that I was just about and to it's, say it. it's never helpful yeah. and actually if you do look at any statistics it shows that it's quite the opposite I think you're just as, as less likely in fact to be um, murdered by someone with a mental health issue than be struck by lightning which is like yeah, one yeah. in ten hundred thousand or something yeah, time, you know, to, like time to change we, we linked the time to change website and encourage people to go on there was yeah. a really interesting statistic that said in any murder or violent abuse or anything like that, um, it's something like 75% of the stuff that they get there is alcohol-related. Yeah. And I'm like, no one ever brings it up because alcohol is an accepted form yeah. of, of, of society. Absolutely. So the idea of alcohol being an, an issue is just like, no, yeah. no. Why would that be? Like, the same thing with, you know, we just mentioned the Orlando thing. Like, yeah. that's why Americans go, guns? What guns? Yeah. What's that got to do with it? Okay, yeah. they use bullets and they fire it, but the guns? What, what's that got to do with why they're being killed? Like, that is a I think futile argument. Yeah. But, uh, I think it's really irresponsible, actually, yeah. of, of, of the media to portray things like that. I don't think it's it's ever helpful, but I guess it sells papers or you know. Yeah, because it's just like yeah, if they if they just go, um, obviously yeah, the horrible tragedy. That's not going to get people to buy things. No. Where it's like. The guy, uh, yeah, things. yeah, yeah. The guy obsessed about doing this or something. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Um, and but, just the same with the the Joe Cox um, murder. Yes. Um, just last week. Um, yeah. Again, it's kind of the the focus is on his mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, because my, I was I was going to bring up your good point about Psycho, but mm-hmm. then I was going to bring up, um, you know, I I I because I. I get quite fascinated watching these things although I know it's difficult for some people to watch but I like enjoying I like watching serial killer documentaries just to kind of talk yeah. about this because yeah. I, I want to know the like because I think that's the point is trying to work out what the difference is between the two and like usually which again people make this mistake with mental health in general is that there's so many other factors environmental social yeah, your yeah. upbringing and all this kind of thing because if you look at serial killer documentaries as much as they may have a problem the thing all the ones that i've watched and read about is that they always have like the thing that they end up doing is in relation to what they suffered growing up yeah and um, like for example uh, just to give you an example i can't remember the girl's name but the the, the biggest serial killer in australia is a woman right and she killed men because she got abused by her father yeah. and raped by her brother or something. So, mm. um, and so she had a history. And like a mom said, if you don't like, um, a mom apparently said, well, like as a young girl, she basically said, um, I have two choices: I either accept this hell that I'm in, or I kill kill him right, in relation yeah. to her own husband. And so that so then stuck with it that. And then, you to and then, yeah, why yeah, yeah. And then it's just like did. that planted the seed of like. I need to do, and then it just obviously became a thing for her. But yeah, but yeah. there's, I and mean, obviously that's a, just a one example. But you know, it, there must be a distinction, I guess, is what yeah, we're seeing. Absolutely. Um, but I think, like with the German Wings pilot, you know, then there was all this talk in the in the media afterwards about, well, should we then ban anyone with, who's ever had depression from becoming a pilot? 
Well, I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it goes back to whether... I mean, the argument they always are making, isn't it, is are we capable human beings, Like, which for the most part we are, but I yeah. guess maybe from a depressed psycho- psycho- psych- psychological level, flying a plane whether he's responsible for other people. I don't know. But, but you might have had depression um, at school when you were a teenager. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you and might you be can... 35 years old and yeah. you never had, you know, like, but so could, then what, you can never become yeah, a pilot also, because of something that happened when you And also, lots. could it be that he suffered that for ages and just never told anybody? Like, mm. there's that element as well, which yeah. leads to people doing whatever. It's about yeah. taking personal responsibility as yeah. well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, like, if, if I were to break my arm, I'd take responsibility and not drive a car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So no, I totally get it. It's, there's an element of having to take responsibility for the things that you do. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to sound harsh or anything. No, no, because I was just about to say people mistake that, but, but I, knew, I but know exactly people, what you mean. People make choices over what they do and what yes. they don't do as well. Yeah. And, I, and, yeah. and things... Good point. Th- people should be allowed to make those choices. Yeah. So most of the time people will make the right choices yeah. a bit just a, a few little times people don't make the right choices and that's because of some fear. skewed thinking that they've got at yeah, that time or fear, yeah or fear would, or whatever yeah. and because and we've talked to like for example um people in the army yeah that's a great example where we've yeah. talked to, we've talked like there was a guy on a really great interview we did with jason on mentally sound where um, he talked about he did he did Iraq and Afghanistan and he got PTSD yeah. um, and he just got no help when he came back. Yeah. And I actually made I actually made the point of which I never thought I would say, but I'm like if anyone deserves to get special treatment, yeah, <laughs> they do. Like yeah. you know because they do a job yeah. I, I I wouldn't do. No. Uh, yeah. You know and you know so it you know really annoys the hell out of you really. But no, just to reiterate because I think what you said is a very good point um, because. I think people say what you just said, this personal responsibility, they say it in a very, like you said, I don't want to come across as harsh, which I understand you saying that, but I think it's the reason that there are some people who say that with a degree of, you're on your own, and it's your mm-hmm. fault, and that's the way some people say yeah. it, but what you're saying, you know, which is, you clar- a good point about having a podcast is yeah. you, clar- <laughs> you clarified it, you know, because the hate mail you would have got, if you had it on, and I would have passed it on, I would have passed it on, I'd be like, yeah, her email address is this, I don't want this to be, you know, don't abuse me for just having her on, um, but no, no, no I'm, I'm only being silly, but yeah, um, but, 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 but the serious point is, um, like, I think, I, I, you actually made me think of an example in my own life, which I'll say, because just to, to clarify your point is, um, before I got ill going to hospital, I made the very responsible decision of I was working ridiculously hard and just sort of burning myself out because my problem is I'm a person who says yes to everything because like, I don't want to let people down. And especially I was working freelance at the time, so I was like, I'll do this, I'll do this, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. And I just didn't think, you know, my responsibility, which I admit now, my one mistake was I wasn't aware I was doing that, which I'm not yeah. overly harsh about myself, but I now realise now that was a really bad thing yeah. for my mental health to do. I just yeah. was doing too much. Because if you work every day in my, with my, like, I was working every day consistently to save my hours and doing things I didn't, didn't really enjoy and it just, mm. it just escalated. But my, the point, the story I wanted to say was I went to school, you know, I hope my parents are listening to this, but I made the responsible decision, so I hope they'll go, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. To your point, I'm like, I'm hoping if I wanted to go back to youth work, which I might do, is that they won't go. Oh, I don't want him teaching no. my kid because my 
um, I went to school doing a job and I turned up and I was having an awful, awful day and I walked into the school and I, my, my brain just said to me, I don't want to, um, like, I don't want to be here in it, but in a very like, and what scared me was my brain just went and if I don't like, I, you know, I, I was essentially like, I don't give a shit what happens here. And it, my brain telling me that I suddenly went, whoa, that's not a healthy no, position sure. to be in because I was looking after like 35 children so it's mm-hmm. like I'm like I don't care what happens here like that's a terrible mindset to be in and I walked in when I walked in and I did that and I just kind of sort of twigged what I what scenario I was in I just went to the receptionist and went I'm really sorry but I'm going to ring the work now and, you, and I'm going to get a replacement because yeah. I'm just yeah. not in a good frame of mind and then and once the, I in so that kept going yeah which is yeah. your point personal responsibility yeah. to go personal I'm not respons- able to do this yeah like, personal yeah. responsibility is really important but yeah. but even more important is if somebody goes and asks for help yes that services respond in the right way yeah. and make sure that help is given mm-hmm. like if they don't, then bad things often happen. Yeah. But there's so many people that have ha- asked for help and not got that help immediately and then have gone on to commit offences, serious mm-hmm. offences. And whose fault is that? Yeah. Do you it, see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, we, I guess, like, sort of the, that leads to the, maybe... They've like, done their job. Social responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. We talk about social responsibility yeah. quite a lot where it's yeah. like... What more can a person do? Like, because yeah. I often say the only criteria for anyone with mental health is the only question I feel that's a viable one is, are you trying as hard as you can? Yeah, that's the only thing I think that's a viable thing to yeah. answer. Because I've seen people who don't try, and that's when they're responsible. But when you see everybody doing everything they can, because I did, I honestly, you know, I'm not bullshitting when I say I felt like I did everything I can in my situation, and I went to the proper authorities, and mm-hmm. I went to my GP. I got a mental health team to look after me and it still wasn't enough because yeah. they didn't give me the right help yeah. but yet the amount of abuse I got that I wasn't doing enough and, and yeah. it's my fault mm. and, and yeah I, and yeah, I stopped going to work because I knew I didn't what shouldn't shouldn't be like I just described mm. I went to get treatment I took time off I tried to like exercise more and tried to change my life to some degree I tried not to do things that were like stressing me out and, 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 and all this kind of thing and it just wasn't I wasn't I wasn't mm-hmm. getting better um, and so and again I think the responsibility I had was the thing that I've realised was a mistake was working too hard but again I don't think that's something where I can go what a horrible person I am no. I, I try to be a regular person it didn't work out <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think that you can only do so much for yourself yeah. but it's when you are doing that for yourself and then others are helping you when you're asking for that yeah. help because part of taking responsibility is knowing when to ask for help. Yeah, yeah. And if people don't respond to that help, ask that plead for help, then that's when there's a problem. And, and you asked every, about yeah. at the NHS in the other show. Yeah, yeah. And I think the NHS is really, really good because it's there for everybody. And I really believe in the NHS, but it does have its limitations. And before we talked about the limitations being those of above and beyond basic help yeah but one of the failings of the nhs with mental health services accessing the mental health services and getting the access when you need it at the right time and that's what where i feel that the nhs needs to do more work on. yeah because as you said you made a really good point uh, in the other interview we did that 
which we can talk about more more like in a wider context on this is um it's just to give an example of what you're referring to is the the thing that worries me is that for example and i'm fortunate enough that i was well and i, I gained to be well enough but you know and i hear you know again not making this about me but i've heard, heard other similar stories is that people go like say for example we can make a, an example of this in in england you go to a gp who refers you to where you need to and then whatever that referral is so hope if it's if it's medication that might stabilize you for some to some level but if you need more long-term help my concern is is that long-term help like like long-term help becomes a long-term problem because mm-hmm. a short-term thing of that they, they're going to them when they need the help and it needs to be like more more quicker mm-hmm. um, and then it becomes like this waiting list period of time where that's yeah. the most vulnerable time for a person to get help which, yeah. is, which yeah. is your point and then you can get the best help ever like I did in the hospital to a degree like because they did everything they could to stabilize mm-hmm. me but then the worry is I'm stabilized to a point of where okay we can now give them regular help and it'll stay you lead normal life again and then I'm left in the I'm, I become the the waiting list people again where it's mm-hmm. like oh we can't give you that help because we don't have the money or the, the team yeah. well, and that's, that's the area that because that's why people wonder why there's a consistent level mm-hmm. of people turning over yeah. at, at these places and it's because um, they get the right help for a limited amount of time and then they get thrown back into the the, the lines then and expect to... But I think also for me it's about early intervention is really important because people often don't go for help or recognise that they even need help until almost it's too late. Like Uh, it's not too late, it's never too late but you know when things have already developed to such a stage when they're in crisis and actually what we need to be doing as a society is... Uh, recognizing amongst each other Um, and for ourselves actually when things are starting to become a problem Mm -hmm. because then we can do something about it before Mm -hmm. it gets to that stage where actually it becomes quite unmanageable yeah yeah and um and certainly like i I worked for york mind the mental health charity for a while um and used to go into schools and do like assemblies and things like that um talking about you know some kind of stress management kind of thing yeah um you know fairly basic um stuff but actually um you know they they didn't really have any of that input from from teachers or from anywhere else you know people are not trained to talk about mental health and yeah if, and if we talk about it as kids you know and it becomes part of our everyday language it's normal isn't it, it normalizes well, it and then i often campaign it. i often campaign that mental health should be talked about like at school level yeah, like it should definitely. be as, like i don't know religious education or something well sex education yeah. or something it should be just as just as relevant definitely. i mean that's a physical activity so yeah. yeah like um so why can't we talk about yeah. things in a mental sense and like, just normalizing it saying actually you know if, if you because we do an assembly with like 100 people yeah and you think um you know just thinking about the statistics there's bound to be at least um, which is what I say. If yeah. you wanna, that's what I say. If you want to be ignorant about, like, if you don't want to, like, treat me seriously about what I'm going through, then be serious for your future family. Yeah. Because if you have a family of five, there's a, or whatever, a yeah. family of four even, the likelihood is there'll be someone. Absolutely. And you'll need to know more yeah. about it. And so why not if you are be practical about it? Some of these things, you're not alone. There's going to yeah. be, you know, talk to your friends. And also, it might be you. Because probably might be some you of your as well. friends might experience the same things as you are. Yeah, and, you, and not necessarily if you, you're born with it doesn't mean you might end up getting mental health issues at Absolutely. some point. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. Because I, um, I was just about to say what you said about crisis is very important in this country in particular is that I've heard stories of people and friends even, which is terrible when you say this, is that they they literally 
feel that they have to get into a crisis to get the help they need. That's the problem Uh, as well. Like, people go, oh, I'm I'm not very well. I want to get help. And I keep ringing people up and getting no answer or no one gets back to me. So I'm like, the only thing I can do is... And then the problem is when you get people who try and, like, are maybe, like, I'm not, you know, I'm being careful in what I say in that, you know, there might be people legitimately trying to take their own life or something. And that I've heard people, like, and I've involved in these charities. And I know it's difficult for them to ascertain who's telling the truth and who isn't. But there'll be people who may be making that up to just get someone to talk to them. Or but, that, but then they, they're still they should still get that help because yeah. that's their way of saying I need help. Yeah, yeah. I know so, yeah, it means so, something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So my prob- if, somebody's, if somebody's doing whatever they do need to do to get help, yes. then there should be somebody there they picked up the phone. to help. Yeah. yeah, they've made the effort to pick up that, the phone. And that, yeah. when I was talking about per- personal responsibility, they've taken that responsibility yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, we said this earlier, is that, like, the thing that annoys me in this, in that, in that sense, from a, a general point of view, is that people are like that in general. You know, you meet some right lazy bastards in, <laughs> like, and who and who are like that in general. Who are just like they don't they they moan about their their their, their hand in life and all this kind of thing. And what frustrates me, from my point of view, is you know people who know me very like very well. I'm a, I'm like this when I'm well. I'm like this. I'm very like you know open and yeah. and and talkative and chatty and that goes against me in a mental health sense because if i have to prove i've got a problem it's like i like talking to people yeah so i'm not the, i'm not the stereotypical anxious like you know when i went to that award ceremony which you guys know yeah. about because we should say actually that's how i know you guys because um we went to pick up an award which we were gonna everyone knows the story i talked about on the podcast but um yeah so the guy who was the judge for the guy who nominated our show got in contact with these guys yeah. which is how i know them um but yeah, I had to do a speech at that place and people kept going up to me going, wow, that's such an awesome speech and like you look not nervous. I'm like, because that to me is like, I get the opportunity to speak my mind and yeah. I, I'm always grateful for that. But yeah, like a lot of people who were at that event too obviously were, you know, mental like mental health sufferers that uh, they were like, oh, I'm terrified. Like, I don't know what to say. And some of them just went up and went, thank you, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like going, this is the problem with mental health, right? This is the thing that, uh, and, and I've made a couple of jokes and stuff. Because I was yeah. just like, people are taking this far too seriously. So I made a couple of jokes at the beginning. And then I talked about serious stuff and going, yeah. this is the silver lining for me because the radio show came out of my my illness, like, and, and going yeah. to hospital. I got out and my friend went, do you want to do this? Because I know you're passionate about it. And, it was good. It gave me something to do. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that's kind of good. I mean, you know, I, I want to kind of we'll spend like the last uh, ten minutes or so doing talking about fun stuff. But I mean, not that this has been fun. It's obviously, <laughs> obviously fun. But um, do you? Like, I'm trying to think what I was leading with that. Um, I'm just trying to like. Do you think that's the the yeah? That was what I was going to say. The, the capable aspect is that kind of what the the problem is with mental health because. I mean that's kind of what we've been re- like reinforcing talking about this is that I often find it frustrating that people think that when you mention that you've got a mental health issue that you're not a capable person. Mm. Like so, how how is that? How much of a problem do you think that is? Would you say? I think I think again it comes back a little bit to what I was saying earlier about identity. Yeah. Like it can take over everything else that suddenly people see. Like, you know, if, if if you break your leg, they don't see a broken leg, do they? They still see me as Holly. Yeah. That's, that, you know, that I, I play guitar and I like, you know, I've got a job and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm me as in whatever I want to be. I'm not just a broken leg. But often with mental health, they're like, okay, well, you're, 
all, and even the language they use, like they wouldn't say that you are a broken leg, but they might say that you're bipolar. Well, actually, you're not. You're Stephen. Yeah, and yeah. You happen to have bipolar, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. just a, a secondary thing. It's I think the problem thing. is, is because it it creeps into other aspects of your life when you're really unwell, and so I think people are just like, oh, it's going to be like, and also I think it's like, oh, it's going to be like this forever because when you get very ill it's it's not it's not an overnight success story it's like it takes no, time and yeah, um, takes patience and yeah, yeah. and um, people find it hard to know how to if you're going to put people in a box what would you call me do you know what yeah. i mean am i a nurse am i somebody with schizophrenia am i your joke just Are me yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that's what that's that's what baffles me about. Do I work in, yeah. Am I a leader in the NHS? Well, a little bit. And also, she's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get this. Let's get this clear. Uh, yeah, yeah. In our bit, in our bit, we do lead, though, don't we? <laughs> a lot of people. Put that so. in the description. <laughs> yeah, with professional Joe. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure, Holly. No, I said we. Yeah. Yeah, we sorry. Yeah. And, uh, the, but the, the, I, I was the, actually going to become a psychotherapist. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So then I would have been a professional, <laughs> but I got so far and thought I'd, I don't enjoy this lying on the were couch. You, were you like, you sit and watch CSI and try and work out? <laughs> I'm like that. <laughs> no, I um, part of the process you have to actually have psychotherapy yourself um, for, an oh, hour, right. for an hour a week. Um, so I did that alongside my training for a while and decided that I couldn't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I thought, how could I subject someone else it to it? If I can't it, stand it, it, it fascinates me on some level. Like I like the. I mean, I I do know some people who wanted to do like forensics and stuff, which yeah. sounds like a it's a fascinating job in a sense, and someone's got to do it, I guess. But that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what, with a tooth, toothbrush and the yeah, white yeah. suit, like oh, yeah, right. yeah. The the cool doc, like does say the CSI doctors, like yeah. uh, they get all the like. Uh, Spray, like all the cool spray that spray and all the blood pattern comes <laughs> on yeah yeah it has its, it has its drawbacks obviously but, um, but so what so why did you oh so you just didn't do it because you said you just it didn't well, I, fit. yeah I thought how can I expect anybody else to do it if I can't do it myself <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know yeah I just I decided it wasn't for me I, I told my friend this story which anyway. I think was Stephen Fry mentioned which is hilarious I'll tell this because it's very funny is um uh, Stephen Fry to the story of um, I don't know if you know like how MI5 do do um, tests to get to be an agent, but right. um, the supposed thing they do is that they get someone in a room and give them a gun and say it's basically like trying to test how far they'll go. Um, and the, the the story Stephen Fry says, which is hilarious, and it's kind of just a joke, but it, it's a joke based on the reality of what really happens. So um, this girl goes to do an MI5 test and she sits in the room and. Um, they go right. Um, just sit there. We'll uh, we'll be right back. And she notices there's a gun on the table, and it's just. And then um, they they come back in, and they've got uh, her husband tied up in rope, and they sit him down in the chair and go, right, you have to kill him, uh, and they'll be out the door waiting. And and the joke is that there's like twenty minutes of like silence, and so they basically like lock them in and basically wait until something happens, and they see they hear all this commotion and screaming, and they go, oh, okay, she must have she must have done it then. And then she comes walk out, and she's like, oh, I've got blood all over her thing. And they go, what the, what the hell happened? She went, oh, well, you didn't say there wasn't any bullets in, so I had to just hit him over the head with a chair. <laughs> and that's, the, that's just the, the joke. <laughs> like, I hated him so much anyway, so that's not, this isn't a test, really. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's just a impossible story. But, yeah, so, but that's supposedly the criteria. Like, have you ever heard the, probably, you might have done with your, 
your job entail uh, in particular. Have you, it, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's the thing about the white coat, the white coat um, test where they get elect- if the test oh, and about the electric milk, chair. Stanley is that, Milgram yeah. experiment from the yeah. 60s. Yeah. Very interesting. That is brilliant, yeah. Have you heard that mm. particular test? Like, it is really I find that fascinating. Like, mm. I encourage people to Google this who's listening, like... Yeah. Um, to read about it, and Dar- Darren Brown, Darren Brown, the um, illusionist magician from England. I went England. to see him a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah, it was oh, really cool. I don't spend all this time talking about him in the hub. You talk about da- Darren Brown. He's awesome. Like, how much have you seen? Because I'm like a huge fan. Oh like. no, I love Darren Brown. I've, you I've actually saw him live. Years. Yes, I saw him live at uh, the Leeds Grand Theatre. Um, and, it, and he says so because he's still touring, so he says you're not allowed to go away and talk about it. Yeah, you, yeah. Otherwise, you'll ruin it for the people. Oh no, I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> I, I, I have enough respect <laughs> that I don't want to know. But he does do a section about kind of um, um, like those faith healers in America. Yeah, where they say, you know, give us that. all your money and yeah. we'll uh, and we'll heal you. Did you see the whole special where he got a? Did yeah. you see the special where he got a guy to actually do it? He yeah. told them the tricks of doing it. Yeah, and basically, it like, really and I'm like, there's people who still great. believe in it, like, and, and like he shows that it's <laughs> how easy it is to do, and yeah. like, and I, and I, you know, unfortunately, my sister-in-law like believes in all this stuff. So whenever I like go, have you seen how like, I give her examples of like going, you know, I, you know, believe whatever you want, but examine the evidence first. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely. then she goes, you know, why are you destroying what what you know comforts me, which is yeah. the often the often the argument. Yeah. And I'm like, I wouldn't, you know. From my point of view, and I know that they just regard that as being kind of a bit smug or something, but my my example is I always go to James Randi on this, as I like James Randi's quote of, I want to be aware of the real world as much as possible, and anything that is a false comfort, I don't want to believe in, like because yeah. it doesn't it does it isn't real. Yeah. Um, re- like truth is none of our business. I think Richard Dawkins says that as well. Mm. Like truth is not our business. It's like the only business about truth that we should care about is that we know it. Yeah. Um, the idea of that it fits what we want it to be is not our business. Like truth happens regardless. Yeah, and yeah. I guess that's what he said. That's why I love science because science doesn't like give you the answers you want. It gives you answers you find. Um, yeah. So whether it helps or not, which I think is a good way of looking at things. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, yeah. I could talk to you about Darren Brown forever. Like, <laughs> like I, I was just going to say, like, did you go on stage? But like, we, what would you have done? Like, would you want to? No, well, because he did this, he did the kind of faith healing thing. He said, if you've got any injuries or you know anything, any disabilities or anything, I'm going to heal you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had loads and loads of people going up on the stage that had been healed, and they believed that they had been actually uh, healed. Which so do you know the reason that works? It's like a cross between like in, uh, you know your adrenaline and yeah, because it's just... only a temporary healing, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Because... No one ever talks to them like half an hour after the show and goes, no, "I'm actually feeling exactly. really badly." Because he did say to them, uh, <laughs> like "You know, don't that. throw away your pills yet, and you might want to keep your glasses because it <laughs> yeah, might not yeah. last." You know, past which the end is of like the show. you know, uh, wasn't it Peter Houston? Peter Houstonov is the greatest example in America. I encourage people who are thinking they know nothing about fear feeling. Watch James Randi on YouTube because it, it, he put on YouTube him debunking Peter Ustinov. It's a famous story where he gets a frequency of a transmission and he's wearing an earpiece and his wife is telling him all the details about the people he's healing. And this guy used to sell up right. 60,000 seat of stadiums and he earned $20 million a year. Yeah. And because of that, they went on Johnny Carson's show in America and debunked him by basically showing yeah. that and showing the frequency. Yeah. And, 
Because uh, like what you said before, I think if people want to believe in something, whatever it is, that's absolutely fine, as long as they're not getting taken advantage yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, the stuff. Yeah. And the problem with the faith healing thing in America is these guys are all multimillionaires yeah, because yeah. they people just say, "Oh, you've healed me. I'll give you all well, my da- worldly possessions." Well, Darren Brown went to try and talk to an individual who does that. Um, I think it might have been Peter Houston of and. Um, he had an armed guard around like his 50 acre land yeah. <laughs> and he's like oh what I want to do is talk to the guy and he's like uh, and it was like the actual local police so he yeah. like bribed the local police to basically like get this guy off my land he's being annoying he wants to talk to me it's like Scientology like, as well isn't yeah. it like they won't let anybody in it's like Would you? private thing so but you they s- just get money from people they just useful. I mean people. it's interesting because I've read the Ron, Ron Hubbard isn't it who yeah. does um, Scientology and if you read the origins the origin of it if they didn't believe in all the alien bullshit like there's some arguments they make where i'm like that's a fair argument like the the most generic one that i agree with is that we're over medicated and they believe Mm -hmm. in more um like you know herbal organic solutions to stuff which in general is a fair argument um but they believe in no no medication at at all all, which i'm kind of like no like there needs to be some medication for some things but yeah but i mean i make the argument of like i got given anxiety pills which i think are a waste of time because you end up becoming reliant on them Um, and they're meant that you just take them every now and again i'm like i don't see the point in that because Mm -hmm. if you're a vulnerable person taking them that you think it's a solution so you take them all the time like or you think that it's a quick fix or something which is um a little silly but yeah no Darren Brown's awesome like and I, I'm hugely into magic so that's, yeah, I'm yeah. jealous so I really would like to see <laughs> I haven't found any friend that willing to go see uh, me not live here like, can I come <laughs> um, but my worry is that like, he comes up and like you know makes me like take my clothes off or something yeah. like, and I'm always fearful of that he has stories all the time but he seems to be fairly nice though I mean there was yeah. that one time we got that woman to drink vinegar Oh, you see that? Gosh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, horrible. Weird yeah, and I was like, TV. that's a bit, a bit, a bit mean. Because <laughs> he gives that breath in at the end. He goes, you might need this. And then <laughs> he makes her drink a whole bottle of vinegar. Like, he did actually fun. get someone up on stage to, like, um, crunch up a light bulb. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I've seen people do. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's an old magic trick. Well, like, you can, yeah, people eating glass and stuff. Technique. Anyway, yeah, Joe's looking at us as a game. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I hate Darren Brown. He's, uh, uh, although he's done some shit, he's done some crap stuff though. Like, I yeah. mean, the lottery thing was a, was bizarre. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I, one of my favourite things is, it's years ago now when he went to a, a racing track. Um, and he put a bet on a. Oh, I don't know if no, it was a it was horse dog. or no, a dog. It was a dog. It was dog. Um, and it lost, but he goes up to the counter and he says to the woman, "This is the winning ticket." Yeah. And she says, "No, sorry, it's not." Yeah. And he goes, "This winning. is the winning yeah, and ticket." And she goes, "Oh yeah," and pays him yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing about that clip, which is hilarious, is the guy goes, "Can you come every week?" Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, I don't know if I lose all the time and get through the family. Like, you know, what are you doing next week, Darren? Can you come here? Because like, um, he's famously banned from. Casinos because he showed, yeah, uh, he showed, counts, uh, yeah, but you can't really card count now because they use like I, I am a I, I play poker and like yeah. um and uh, they they use like seven Too decks, decks uh, yeah. for, to get around that because yeah. it used to be just like a few decks and anyone who has sort of a, an autistic His mind kind of or photographic well, memory yeah. like which he basically shows that's how he does it. Yeah. Um, which he can learn over yeah, time. Yeah, because he yeah. says about having different, uh, so many rooms in a house yeah. and different objects in you the room. You buy objects then, to cards. Yeah, yeah so right. if you see a particular card, you go, oh, you attach it to yeah. an object in your mind and stuff. So it it sounds incredible, but I'm thing, like, yeah. I can't do that. I can't even think of something in my mind sometimes. Like that idea of <laughs> thinking of an entire room of, uh, of objects. Like, what kind of, st- I mean, just again, because I, I like wrapping things up by talking about generic stuff, is just like, what stuff are you into, Joe? Like, what are you like watching? 
Laughter yoga. Laughter yoga is the way forward. What's, what's that? <laughs> Again, I'm always in, I'm always willing to learn. What is laughter yoga? <laughs> laughter yoga is is um, is it yoga where you laugh? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's a mixture of laughter and breathing exercises, right. and it's where you use fake laugh, laughter, and it very soon turns into real laughter. Cool. So you get the same benefits. It releases like feel good. Chemicals, yeah, Hormone, endorphins. Yeah, like yeah, it's really, really good. So get in touch with somebody in your area to do laughter yoga. Is that literally what it's called, laughter yoga? Yeah. That's really cool. And we had a conference recently, and there was 150 people, and Joe was really brave, and the first thing that you, we did in, to open the conference was you got everyone on their feet doing laughter yoga for 10 minutes. It was great fun. So, hang on, like, forgive me if I'm being, like, I'm, I'm really trying not to be, like, a, you know, dickish or whatever. Like, well, like, I'm just... Is it as basic as it's like? Because I'm thinking, like, forgive me if this is a silly thing to think, but the first thing my brain said when you said that was, "Can you laugh and do yoga at the same time?" Like, <laughs> like, because that seems like a lot of the quite energy sapping. The or... yoga is just the breathing, yes, and the laughter is the laughter exercises that yeah. you do. So, so you just got a guy telling jokes or something? Or... <laughs> no, there's no jokes involved. Oh. There's no humour or anything like that. It's about the laughter exercises. Ah, oh, right. So the actual... Oh, so are you meaning it in a kind of like literal practical sense of how you laugh? Yeah, laugh, you, you, do, you do little scenarios what what make people laugh. Yeah. And, 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 that sounds... I mean, that sounds generally And then you have the I breathing mean. in between. And you don't yeah. actually do any yoga poses. Ah, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> the yoga, the yoga is the, the breathing. Yeah, so yeah. it's just more the technique. The breathing and the stretching. Because if you're laughing so much for so long, then... You probably pass out. So you need to include the breathing. I missed some days. You need to include the breathing. I saw an interview that John Cleese did. I don't know if you agree with this, but I think this is kind of true. I mean, I'm still you know relatively young, but like um, he said, like the one thing that disappoints me about getting old is not about getting old or dying or anything like that. He's just like I miss being in my teens and just laughing till I piss myself yeah. like, like, just do that far less you and still like, do that yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like and I'm like Surprise! but I guess I guess but I guess his point was it just doesn't happen as frequently I think yes. is what he was saying like you know because I've seen him laugh a lot or when you like, get older you piss yourself more easily yeah yeah but, 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 but wrong reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah not for laughing just generic like oh my god I went to see Billy Connolly years yeah, ago yeah. My, you know his stomach's just absolutely hurts you're like I yeah. can't laugh anymore. I thought you were talking about the, the, the scene he does where he's like he braves his children going now if you smell piss off me you need to tell me yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's great like, uh, he, I, uh, yeah like, someone I've not seen live I'd really like to yeah. he's, he's tickets set out in like two minutes so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's all sort of interesting, but yeah, no, um, that's kind of cool. Like, so, cause, um, I, I mentioned to these guys, I think it was off there. I was just saying, I was thinking about doing like transgender meditation and mm. stuff like that. Um, so you, do you think on it, I mean, it's not even, they need to be mental health related, but you just think in general for people's lives, people should do that kind of thing. Cause I keep La- hearing that quite good. What, you, like just general, notice like what I mean, like general relaxation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, therapeutic classes and stuff. Yeah, and mindfulness stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know, like we should mention, like, I think, oh, actually what I said this in the introduction, but we're, we're recording this in Broadacre where I'm working. And they right next to recovery college that does mindfulness and stuff. So yeah, yeah have you done yeah. that kind of, and you think yeah. it's useful? Yeah, you do some mindfulness as part of the laughter yoga. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about finding something that works for you because mindfulness is really good and, and speaks to some people, but for yeah. other people, 
They might not, but they might like sort of more traditional relaxation, or they might like laughter yoga, uh-huh. or they might like um, you know Pilates or Reiki or whatever it might be. I think something that you can find that so relaxes you, that kind of helps you switch off from things and yeah. just chill out and calm down, listen to music, whatever it might Everybody's be. Everybody's like that. Find something yeah. that works for you, Do whatever it is. Me- mental health doesn't need to be, you know distincted in that no. sense like because you yeah it's everyone's like that yeah. i often say like an example of my sister doesn't have a, a known mental health issue and i know for a fact and she she laughs when i say this because it's true and she said this to me is that i know her like coping thing is regardless of what kind of day she has like if she had a tough day or a bad day or whatever is her like coping thing is she goes home and has a glass of wine yeah. like and it's just her thing and she yeah. like sits and but i think half of it is well like a therapeutic thing of she sits and just drinks and chills out and it's like this thing yeah. like, to de-stress thing Absolutely. And, and yeah and like you said earlier like because i'm you know which i'm glad you said because you know i'm some you know I, i'm i'm steven who happens to have bipolar disorder but i'm yeah. someone on the podcast and all this kind of thing well i don't really like the term host i talked about this on the last, yeah. last mentally sound show and when people go oh it's steven he does hosting like i like when people go oh he does hosting but he does a whole bunch of things i'm like yeah, that's yeah. great yeah yeah, that's good. I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to be born. Like, no. and I, I don't want to be, you know, um, just, just defined by one thing either. Because, no. Um, no, so yeah, no. Right. But I like one of the things I do therapeutically is play guitar. Like, yeah. it's a very good. It and is. play board games. Like, yeah. board games is my thing because as someone who has a overactive brain, you have to, you, you would be you rubbish if you don't concentrate in board yeah. games. So it's great for my brain because yeah, it like makes me go right. You have to concentrate, Stephen. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're gonna suck <laughs> and you're gonna embarrass yourself. And yeah. and I generally like them, so that's really useful. <laughs> Whereas other people might go to the gym or yeah, whatever. Yeah, just really find something matter. that works for really you. Really doesn't I think matter. That's, yeah, that's really key. Which is why, like you know, I always say because this podcast is called Geek Apocalypse and like, and it's a really an ironic, very ironic name because. Um, I always say to people, like, although I kind of, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a stereotypical geek and I like a lot of, like, geeky, what would be regarded as geeky things, but I always say to people, like, you know, people who I have on, like, it does, you don't need to be a geek to be on this because yeah. the whole point is I don't really use it in that way. I use it as to be geeky about things, to, so, like, whatever you're passionate about is that what is I want to hear is, about. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Laughter yoga. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you've got to team. If we can name one thing. Joe likes laughter yoga. And what would be yours if you could have that? Darren um, Brown. Darren Brown. <laughs> <laughs> She's a big fan girl for Darren Brown. Uh, I just love go see like now. psychology stuff. I yeah, find yeah. the mind absolutely fascinating. I find yeah. people really interesting. So anything yeah, like I, that, I think I could read about it forever. See we could get on. I feel, we could, I feel we could get on. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I feel we could get on because um, I often say, like, if I could say one thing that makes me, like, continue to want to be alive and all this kind of thing the one thing that like just insanely gives me just an endorphin buzz and interest is is talking to people about the choices they make yeah like people the way the the human beings and the choices they do fascinates me yeah what makes people tick yeah yeah in a general sense exactly yeah just the 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 way the the way the people look at things because that in in, in in essence the basic thing i describe it as my 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 best attribute i always say is my curiosity like yeah. i i am insanely curious so that's why like whenever you bring stuff up like you know 
Um, I know probably there'll be some friends I know when you said laughter yoga I'm like what the hell is that that's the most stupidest thing ever. but I'm like I've never heard of that I would like to know what that is yeah. like, you, know, I, you never know tell me more like in two weeks time I'm suddenly on my podcast going yeah I'm trying this thing called laughter yoga it was recommended by it's changed my life tenfold that would be hilarious like, anyway yeah I'm just going to press for time so yeah I must let these guys go to catch the train but thank you cool. for coming on thanks for really having us um, as we mentioned uh, so yeah we, the, you guys uh, we never even mentioned your job in this particular one but it's fine obviously I'll mention it in the introduction cool. but yeah you're from just to reiterate Humber and Yorkshire and Humber Yorkshire and Humber Network so um, if someone happens to be in that area which might be unlikely but well, for this particular podcast <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know you obviously, never know you know yeah you might find some like leaflets and stuff in hospitals yeah, and stuff yeah absolutely and also help. people do you know unfortunately often get sent out of area to get the right support that they need that's true so yes. it's possible that somebody we had a person come into on, a service in Yorkshire and Humber from yeah hospital. we had a person who suffered anorexia that had to go to Edinburgh yeah that an actual like specialist hospital yeah uh, so yeah good point um and just in general like um i think it's just interesting because obviously there'll be people all around the country listening to this and it's just like it's good from that point of view to just i kind of wanted to have you guys on this podcast as well to basically just talk a little bit which we have done about just the nhs not getting such a bad rap because i'm mm-hmm. sick of seeing that um and i think it's a little unfair as much as like you know individual cases can criticize yeah. certain individuals who work within that i think the nhs i think is a good i thing. think if people criticize the nhs NHS, they'll be far more criti- critical when there is no NHS. Yes, mm. exactly, yeah. And as someone who has American friends uh, yeah. <laughs> who constantly say to me, like, you know, you're the, the luckiest people in the world. Yeah, like, I, I listened to a podcast where there was a guy, he's like a, an ex-wrestler, and he came to America, came to England to do, like, a tour of just basically talking about his wrestling career. And he went to in in, he, in London. He caught a chest infection, and then when he came back, he has a podcast. So I, I occasionally listen to it. And the introduction was just him going, "I came right first things first, right? I came, I came, I've just come back from London, and I got there like two weeks ago. Bearing in mind, like he had a fear of flying, so that's why it's a big deal to him. He's like, oh, first time I've flown in twenty wow. years, and he's like, I was terrified.' So he goes there, and then he says, "Drop into London first day. I got a massive chest infection, and he's like really, really sick." And he goes, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I would go, like, to my health insurance in America. Like, how do you get, like, treatment here? And he goes, uh, his agent goes, I'm getting an appointment. Gets an appointment, goes in, get medication. He's like, and he's like, it's reasonably priced. And, like, they gave me it the same day. And, uh, and I didn't even have to, like, try. Uh, and he's like, this is brilliant. Like, why do I, why do, why do everyone, why does anyone criticize this? Like, you know, because he's like, it would cost me, like, four times as much. And it would yeah. take me a month. And, like, yeah. he, he, like, made a joke. He'd make a joke off. And after, like... You know, in America, you have to, like, give a limb to get your, another limb fixed. Yeah. Like, and then this is just like, yeah, take some. In fact, and he's like, and they give me two weeks of it. Like, you know, they give me two weeks of top medications. Like, I don't have to, like, beg them for more. Like, I actually got enough I actually got enough medication until my chest infection went away. Uh, that doesn't happen in America. Like, and, and, I, and I was just like, yeah. So, yeah, you're totally right. Like, you know, and, like... Um, you and, don't know and, uh, what you've got till it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, until they put up the parking lane. <laughs> yeah, the taxi. Yeah, yeah it's on. But then, yeah. but uh, yeah, and just like my friend of mine uh, got his mom had a replacement knee surgery, and I was like, I, I, my first thing I said was, and he laughed at me. I'm like, how much did that cost? And I'm like, I didn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Got NHS. I'm like, 
Again, replacement surgery, which would cost us more fortune mm-hmm. anywhere else, and you get like a new knee. Yeah, great. Absolutely. So uh, we'll all just be new, but our body will be new, and I just have to keep our brain. Just the brains is what we need to preserve, and we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll all be fine. <laughs> we're doing like a hundred million of these episodes. <laughs> anyway, I'll not keep you any longer. Thanks, guys, so much. Apologies Thank for you. the t- apologies for the technical issues. I'm glad we we got around this. It seems like everything's fine, so that's cool. Awesome. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. I really appreciate it. And um, as I kept reiterating to people, um, uh, I kept saying like I wanted more women on, so it's kind of cool. Like it's actually, I think it's going to be going to become Women Month. Yeah, because uh, I've had like a couple. Uh, um, I've got a really another one that's uh, with a with a. I did a, a podcast with a girl who writes for a geek site, so I'm happy. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. So thanks for coming on. I really, thanks, thanks for I really appreciate us. it. That was really fun. Thanks for the conversation. Okay, thanks guys. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this on iTunes, obviously encourage you to listen to Mentally Sound, which these guys were on the last episode, as well as obviously subscribe to this podcast. And thanks for listening, and I'll end the podcast like always ends in the way to the great boom. If you robot drops crash and burn, and we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Bartlers podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> cool.